0: 2011 is the summer of the London Riots. It's also the summer in which a radio feature about riots was given an award. It's a short documentary feature about riots and the growth of hip-hop. The award was given by a group of radio enthusiasts called In The Dark. They organise radio documentary listening sessions around London. Anyway, the feature on Riots was made by American producer Delaney Hall and is called
1: Lights Out. If I was a kid in the 50s, I'd have been Chuck Berry. You know what I'm saying? If I was in 30s or 40s, I'd have been, you know, a jazz artist. the same energy that every generation, you know, exercises, and it just comes out in different forms. It was just time.
2: What we're going to do right here is go back.
1: It was time for a new way back interpretation.
2: Back into time.
1: In 77, thunderstorms swept over the New York
0: City area on a hot night in July.
1: It didn't have a name, you know, people referred to it. Oh, y'all still doing that hippity-hoppity stuff.
0: Lightning struck several transformers, and the city was plunged into darkness.
1: Hip-hop, hippity-hop, hip to the hop, hip-hop the hippity During the
0: blackout of 1965, residents treated the situation with good humor and camaraderie.
1: Okay, hip-hop, you know what I
0: mean? Not so in 1977, a crime wave resulted. Driving up Broadway from just north of New York City's Midtown section through the fabled ghetto areas of Spanish Harlem and Harlem... Every other block has a hi-fi store, a liquor store, a sporting goods store that was broken into. I do remember what New York was like in that era, and I remember how chaotic it was. In the Bronx, looters smashed a steel door of an auto showroom and drove off with 50 new cars valued at $250,000. It was like a powder keg, like something like that was on the verge of happening all the time. All it took was something to, to push it over the edge. Because again, there was that sense that the citizens of New York, and particularly of the Bronx, had been just abandoned.
1: This is Grandmaster Kaz, and yes, I was there during the night of the 1977 New York City blackout, and survived. (laughs) Okay, so the year of the blackout, hip-hop was starting to spread, but, um... It was still pretty much a, a Bronx kind of thing. Ladies and gentlemen, the now arriving on the
0: When did country music start? When did blues start? When did rock and roll start? You know, things have been happening since the beginning of time that eventually developed into hip-hop how do you define retroactively what was the first hip-hop event
1: and once again my friend the funky beat has no end we about to take you on down to the a.m for you and your friend because the sound you hear is kind of tough on your ear coming at you so loud and clear so you have no fear it was a hot summer day and um my DJ partner, Disco Wiz, and I have been challenged to a battle, to a DJ battle by this other group.
0: My name is Joe Schloss. I'm a professor at City University of New York, and I research
1: and practice hip-hop culture.
2: My name is Lloyd Altan, and I am the Bronx Borough Historian.
1: So we decided to take our equipment out into the park. We used to hang out, play basketball in every day, so that's where the battle was going to take place.
0: I think one of the things that people forget was that not only was Bronx in in very dire economic circumstances but that it happened rather quickly.
1: We all went out, we set up side by side.
0: The Bronx was physically destroyed by the Cross Bronx Expressway and then there was economic devastation that went along with that.
1: I just remember them having a very, very good professional sound system and us having our thrown together you know in pieces set
0: you know there's this oft-told tale about landlords burning down their own buildings for insurance money well
2: certainly uh, there was a whole period of of arson
0: so people were living with the constant threat of their own buildings burning down
2: you had neighborhoods that had lost something like
0: 46% of the population you know um, gangs arose to police the area when there weren't police there and to look out for themselves because there was a clear sense that nobody cared about you.
2: And there were blocks after block after block of rubble. And beyond that, uh, what was on the horizon were uh, buildings that were empty and boarded up. And these were apartment houses that had been in densely populated neighborhoods. And really, it looked like Berlin right after the bombings in World War II.
1: I mean, it's it's hard to describe, you know what I mean? Because now that we're older, I can look back and say, wow, we got through some pretty rough times. <laughs> you know, but rough if you were born into rough times, then it's just times.
2: Um, that is, uh, you know, part of the background to the story of what would happen in uh, these neighborhoods where uh, you had a lot of people who were living in poverty, who would take advantage of that situation in 1977, where they did not take advantage of that situation in the earlier blackout.
1: So on this particular day, we all went out, we set up side by side, you know, with our equipment and commenced the battle. I was doing this little... Combo that I used to do, and one song was a song by D.C. Larue, and I would cut it up with this other break beat. Ah, love, 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 and I was killing them. Now remember that the hype of everybody, you know, being really excited. And then the record just started slowing down, you know what I mean, just, you know, you know how turntable cuts off and then just, that kind of situation. So quite naturally, we thought it was us. We thought we had drained too much power and um, we shorted out, you know, the electricity. So we're frantic, we're looking around, we're checking buttons, we're checking switches, we're seeing what's up, because this is death in a battle if your system counts out on you. But after a while, everything around us started getting dark. I mean, windows, the apartment buildings around us were all dark. It kind of came over everybody at the same time like, oh, blackout. And the stores started to close. Like the local bodegas on each corner, we would hear the gates slamming down, shoom, shoom. It's like they knew what was happening, they knew what was going on, they're like, "We, we closing up now. New Yorkers' reactions
0: were varied. Some threw parties, some went walking, and many seemed amused. Some stayed up in the bars and clubs, and some went out to help. But many took advantage of the sudden chaos.
1: The park was right around the corner from the Grand Concourse in the Bronx, which is like shopping area all the way up and down. Stores, electronics stores, toy stores, furniture stores, pet stores. I mean, everything.
0: Here in the corner of 135th Street and Broadway, I'm amazed to find the right people in my eyes, a Singer's Sewing Machine Store, is systematically being looted by a crowd of about 40 or 50 people.
1: I saw people taking stuff that people had stolen, you know what I mean? Like, they couldn't get in the store, so they wait for people to come out the store with something and then just grab it from them. It was chaos that night. And it was exciting afterwards. But while it was going on, it was scary.
0: Without shame, no no apparent shame at all. They're just walking right into the front of the store and carrying out yards and yards of material, yarn, yards of crates. Silks, cottons, drapery material, all
1: DJ equipment, turntables. The they wanted to become DJs. They wanted to, you know what I mean? And equipment cost. And so that's why you could count the amount of DJs that there were. But after the blackout, all this this new wealth that I like to call it, you know what I mean, was founded by people, and and they just, you know, opportunity sprang from that. And you can see the differences before the blackout and after. We didn't have those music programs. All those were cut out. When we were kids, you know, we had them, but those intermediate years, it's like, we didn't have none of that anymore. We had to keep our music alive. We had to keep, you know, exercising this, this, this need, this, this inner need for my soul to, to, to you know, experience music.
2: So the question is, did they go and seal turntables and things like that so that they, they could actually become those disc jockeys?
0: I think it's true.
2: I cannot rule out the possibility.
0: But I think it's also important to, to, to keep in mind that basically hip-hop history is an oral history at this point.
2: But I cannot say definitively that that actually did happen.
0: And that it's all mythology in some sense. The true stories as well as the
1: false stories. I even, like I said, I even got a new mixer. I, I went right to the place where I bought my first set of DJ equipment. I spent money in here. And I went and, buy, and, I, and I got me a mixer out of there.
0: That was Lights Out, Delaney Hall's short documentary on the New York riots and their impact on hip-hop. There's a link to other work from the In The Dark sessions on our website. Go to rte.ie forward slash doc on one and click on the
1: tab marked The Curious Ear.